Hello, I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Katie Sewell. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. And once again, I'm in San Francisco, and I'm with my sister, Sarah Johnson. Hello. We have been kicking around the city. It's been in the middle of a heat wave here. So as we talk, we are in her hotel room trying to cool off. But then I've also made her turn off the AC <laughs> for the sound quality. So yeah, that's fun. Thanks for putting up with that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so what should we talk about? Well, you know, we, we just did a bittersweet moment. But then where I was asking you questions. Yes. And I... That was a couple of weeks ago now for other... For yeah, that's true. <laughs> That's time speeding up, but or then backing up, backing up. But then once I said that was all I could think of, then I thought of some more. So this is another question episode of a look behind the scenes at the bittersweet life. Yeah, exactly. I am always like super fascinated by, you know, you, you see reality TV shows or hear radio shows and you're like, I always kind of wonder, like, I wish they'd kind of like turn the camera around so you could see the cameraman following you around if you're the Kardashians or something like what does that actually look like every now and then you'll see like a paparazzi photo where you catch like all of the photographers and be like oh my gosh so that's what that looks like from that person's point of view so I was like you know here's my chance to kind of get my answers about what it's like to be a podcaster and get some behind the scenes (laughs) goods the glamorous world of podcasting yeah so like say I was brand new and was curious about starting podcasting like what would be like the super basics of what I would need to make it happen a good idea first and foremost that's one that's a very difficult question to answer because it's not just about equipment it's also about technique Uh, it helps to know a little bit about radio and why certain shows work and why certain shows do not work however from a very basic level you would need a microphone a cord something that records the audio could be your iphone could be what i have which is a task cam which is rapidly breaking and i need to replace so the equipment wise it's not very much but it you really do i always tell people that you really do need to practice your mic handling technique particularly if you're not going to just sit with a mic on the stand which a lot of people do do but if if you're going to hold a mic in your hand or be out on the street or go get interviews with people you really need to just practice moving a mic around, putting it in somebody's face because you have to get comfortable with, look, here, I'm going to put a microphone right by your face. It's really close to my face. How do you feel about that? It feels a little invasive, (laughs) very invasive. Right. So I have to be willing to invade that space, right? And I have to be willing to not only invade that space, but look at you and interact with you in a way that makes you feel relatively comfortable with me being that close to your face. That is true. And as your sister, I am tempted to sort of punch you in the face to get you farther away from me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Which most interviewers would not do. No. We have a very violent relationship. <laughs> uh, uh, you forgot to mention that they need Princess Leia headphones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have to. Have, we, we talked about that last week. You need to wear your headphones so you can hear what's going on. And you also probably need to have some basic understanding of how to edit audio which will come about and it's getting easier and easier when i entered the business however many decades ago we weren't cutting tape with a razor blade although they had just phased that out when i started but the audio editing programs used to be much less intuitive than they are today so that's the good news 
that used to be much harder to learn. In fact, my mom would tell you, and your mother as well, <laughs> would tell you that she remembers when I first started working for public radio, me coming home and talking to her and saying, I am never going to be able to learn how to do this audio editing program. And at that point, I really felt like I'm never going to get this. I'm just never going to get it. But now it's just a walk in the park compared to that. And I may be slightly biased because I'm your sister, but uh, my husband asked me the other day, you know, if The Bittersweet Life wasn't your sister and her friend, would you listen to it every week? Tell the truth. And I would be like, but I actually find the two of you incredibly engaging to listen to, and not just because you're my sister, but also you are, a, compared to other podcasts I listen to, a fantastic interviewer. Thank you. You specifically. Tiffany's probably great at it too, but you usually do most of the interviews. So my second question would be, is that a learned skill or have you always just had a natural talent or if somebody was going to do a podcast, what are the tips for how to become a good interviewer? Well, that was multiple questions. So tip number one, try to boil it down to just one question at a time. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) So which one of those questions do you want me to answer? Uh, Were you a talented interviewer by nature? Uh, No, I don't think so. I mean, that would be impossible to answer. As your sister, I could say, I knew that you were always a curious person. You've been that way your whole life. Does that play a part of it? Or did you actually have to learn a skill? No, I actually learned a skill. It takes a lot of practice to get better and better because there are things that get better answers from people. There are things that you can do. Now, that's not to say that I don't mess up on doing those things all the time because people always do. And so... You know, it's sort of like exactly what you just did, the compound question. If you ask two questions at once, more often than not, the person will they'll either answer the easier of the two or they will answer the last one of the two. So if the one that you really wanted to answer them to answer was the first question, is interviewing a learned skill? If you ask that and say, and what tips would you have for somebody, more likely I'm going to give you the tips. Unless I think that the learned skill is an easier question to answer. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's definitely a learned skill and it takes practice. You need to practice to get better like anything else. You need to have interviews that go poorly. You need to try interviewing all kinds of people. People who are extremely difficult. People who are professional guests. As I always put in quote, professional guests. They already know what they want to say before you even ask a question. Uh, yeah, it just it takes years to get really really good now that said i think that some people do have a natural knack for it interesting have you ever asked a question that somebody then just said i'm not going to answer that uh they never say that directly well i'm sure they have said that directly actually we did back when i worked for public radio we did have a guy just like walk out on an interview so that was kind of interesting it was the first question too (laughs) but we had been warned that we weren't supposed to ask him about this particular thing and the minute we did you just hear the headphones like clang down on the desk and the door slam shut behind him <laughs> um but i've had i've had Gosh, what did you ask him <laughs> i don't even remember it was something about his personal financial life or something but um he was in the midst of a scandal but i have had circumstances where a person just didn't want to answer my question and so they avoided it or they didn't have an answer for it the one i can remember happened to me live on stage so it wasn't for the bittersweet life it was for Uh, when I worked at Town Hall, which is a performance venue in Seattle. And I was interviewing a very famous radio host. And I asked her a question that immediately she looked at me with a surprised look. I asked it in part because I knew she was a professional guest, which means she has a prepared answer. She knows what she wants to talk about. And she looked at me with such a surprised look on her face. And then she said, 
Well, uh, that's a very interesting question. But before I get there, I just want to say thank you so much, Seattle, for hosting me tonight. It's a pleasure to be back in town. Blah, 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 blah. And then she's like, the premise of my book is blah. And we were just like off to whatever program she'd already prepared. And we never came back around to that question. <laughs> and, and she did this multiple times. One astute audience member said, I did notice that she was avoiding some of your questions. <laughs> and I said, good for you. That's, thank you. She was. She was a professional guest, but with room for improvement, or they wouldn't have caught on. <laughs> right, right. So just as people get trained to be interviewers, people get trained to be guests. And the more you're dealing with somebody who's a politician or somebody who's in the military, somebody who's on a book tour, in some cases, they actually go through training on how to answer a question, number one, and how to control a conversation if they need to. That's why politicians are pretty squirrely, is because they know better than anybody how to avoid answering what you're asking them. And a lot of that is just like, how can they take control away from you as the interviewer? And your job being an interviewer is to how can you keep the control in your court? Very challenging. Interesting. Oh, that's fascinating. Okay, so complete segue to another topic sort of related. You have or had, I'm not sure if it's still, if you still have this interest, but you used to be fascinated by old time radio. The radio shows, I mean, you've collection bin after bin after bin of old time radio shows where there's sound effects and squeaky doors and walking shoes when they're telling the story and stuff. Do you ever foresee a time <laughs> that the bittersweet life would be working in some sound effects to help tell the story? Well, you know, there was an episode recently where Tiffany said... Scary music. Yeah, yeah, the scary music one. Yeah, Katie put in some scary music here, and I actually did. That's actually what made me think of it, because I laughed out loud when that happened. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, this is actually right up with what you love about... That's how you got interested in radio in the first place, and wouldn't it be nice to just have some... I don't know, make it sound like a flock of seagulls is going through my hotel room right now. Could you do that? <laughs> Probably could. I don't know. It doesn't really fit the format of the show. So when you come up with a show, podcasters, generally speaking, you figure out like what parameters it lives within. That said, my radio show that we did on public radio, we occasionally broke into drama just at random. On certain shows, we would just, whoa, what would it be like if a radio drama just started here? And so we would be live leading into it and then all of a sudden it would switch to a tape we'd made earlier and the only one I can remember was we were having people call in and nominate what song would be their song of the year you know like if they had to pick a song that said their year it would be this song and we were thinking well is there a fun way that we could introduce what ours are and so we had the host leading into his and we started playing that song and then you hear a chair roll across the room. And it was a guy that worked in our office who could play a really great psychotherapist professor voice. And so he's like, hmm, well, no. And he just sort of did this, let's analyze what that means about you. And we, you know, we had all these different other people come in and do these sound effects. And um, at some point broke back into the normal live show. And it was just this weird, I don't even know what people thought of it. but. I do love doing that kind of thing. So that was a long-winded answer to say, who knows, but probably not. <laughs> I feel like you should. Both of you, you and Tiffany, what I remember of you from middle school kids is that you were quite dramatic, as I recall. <laughs> I feel like you should be able to work that in somehow. And you guys are, I think it's you who does all of your intros, but quite frankly, the 
tie into the bittersweet life or the bittersweet light intros, the way all the sounds are tied together is really quite brilliant. I feel like you should work that into your episode. Oh, you mean like the actual openings, like yeah. the Welcome to Rome or, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you would know it anywhere. And the same with the bittersweet moment it has just enough of the bittersweet life intro, but it's just different mm-hmm. enough. You know, they're related, but they're different. I think it's brilliant, actually. And if you listen really closely to the bittersweet moment opening, it's the first time you've had San Francisco appear. And it also weaves in some of the sounds from the New Orleans opening as well. <laughs> a little bit of everything. That's right. It's all three openings. Yeah. Ah, that's brilliant. Uh, Well, I'm noticing by our time that we're running a little long, so this will be our last question. I'm going to maintain control of this interview because I just learned how to do that. (laughs) Ask a direct question. (laughs) Here's my direct question that you will not be prepared for. Of all of the childhood games we made up, because we were poor and we had to come up with just random scraps to make up games. We didn't have fancy toys. Mom would definitely object to that classification, but okay. Sorry, Mom. Which one stands out is the game you most remember that we created? I remember all of the games we created. First one. First one to come to mind. First one that came to mind were two at the exact same time. So what do I do with that? I'll give you time to say both. You are the actual host. Okay, well, one. But both of them are going to sound so stupid. <laughs> I know. But it'll entertain me. <laughs> so one, we had a baby carriage that had been disassembled. And for whatever reason, we still had the wheels. And we used to stand at the top of a hill and see how fa- who could wheel a carriage wheel down the hill farther. That one came to mind when I asked the question as well. I mean, that was a great one. (laughs) It was a good game. (laughs) And then the other one that came to mind, our mom always had a clothesline hanging up across the yard. And on that clothesline was a bag of clothespins. And we used to take that bag of clothespins and see who could, (laughs) I don't even know how to describe it, who could slide it up the line the farthest. Yes, I remember that one as well. They were, I think, part of probably the exact same overarching game show we created. (laughs) (laughs) They were probably our own version of the Price is Right little games inside of the big show. Uh, Yeah, so apparently how far can you throw it was a big... We did get our exercise running up and down that hill. So we're lucky no car ever came along as those wheels went bouncing into the street. But yeah, and in hindsight, if you've been back as an adult, that hill is all of a you know a mole hill. <laughs> that is true. So. I was there last year. We were quite short. Okay, well we should leave it there. We should leave it there. And until next time, this is the bittersweet life. I'm Kitty Sue. Join us again. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already, and if you love it leave us a good review. And please tell all your friends about us. Also, if you have an idea for a bittersweet moment, send it to us by email or voice memo. We're at bittersweetlife at mail.com. Or you can just find us at the contact page at thebittersweetlife.net. Or on all the social medias, just search for The Bittersweet Life. Bittersweet Life.